Hello and welcome to another episode of the All Trader Podcast. My name is Wendy Lesishi. And I'm George Mini. And it's been two it's been two weeks since we've actually sat down together because of you know I was sick last week. I don't know if you if you know this. I'm I'm sure you kind of know this because we do didn't know. have the show. Uh, yeah. Yeah, well not just because we didn't have the show, but uh um what was the matter? Um so the doctor on my doctor's note it just said viral infection. Oh. Um of the throat specifically. Um okay. so I don't know. There's kind of a flu that's going around. Did um, you lose your taste? No, I didn't. And that was one of the things that the doctor... That's why I was off for so long because my symptoms were very similar to COVID. another... Um, yeah, to COVID essentially. To another. Yeah, and she just didn't want to risk it at all. Is that uh, the word we don't say anymore? We do not use that word. <laughs> we moved on. It didn't happen. Um, so yeah, I had some of the symptoms uh, you know, similar to COVID, so the doctor just didn't want to risk it. Um and I've I was on a, exactly I've, the same. I've heard, I've heard of a couple of people now being incredibly sick. One, uh, uh, one of my friends lost his taste. I said to him, did you have the corona? Mm. He said, no, no, I didn't have the corona. I said, have you been tested? No, he hasn't been tested. I said, but you've lost your taste. That's like the number one like, symptom. You know, I, that, that was the thing that was, seemed to be most common yeah. through the last two, two to three years. Yeah. Um, so, exactly, but he yeah. didn't get tested. He's fine now. He said he was sick as a dog. I've never had the the corona, so not that you know of. Not that I know of, but I, I, I mean, I, this is the first time I've been sick in about three years, mm. um, and I didn't have any of the normal like, stuff, like the the serious COVID symptoms, such as like losing my taste or smell, interesting, or any of that. Yeah, but we're back, we're back, and so much has happened in the last two weeks. Um, mm. You leave, and uh, Max Verstappen becomes world champion. Yeah, that's the first thing that's happened, and uh, you know, let me just say. He was announced as the champion, but something has happened in the last day no. which might impact that. Oh, no, no, no. Tell me, tell me, tell me. Because I was on, you know, watching the race. Yes. I was like, please, I don't want to deny him the championship. Exactly. But let yeah. it go to the end. Just yeah. let it go to the end. And then yeah. Leclerc goes and screws up that last In the corner. very last lap. Frickin in the hell. last corner. In the last corner, yeah. he goes and he puts it sideways. The most, I the mean. Bizarre thing. Ironic and so kind of. You know, but a typical Leclerc. Typical, exactly. Yes. Exactly. Typical Leclerc. In Leclerc fashion, he goes and screws it up when he's under pressure. Exactly. Exactly. Well, I mean, I saw the tires at the end of the race, and I mean, that Ferrari's tires were completely finished compared to, to Max's tires, for instance. Yeah, but he held it together for so many laps. Why not just one more corner? That pressure, yeah. Uh, it got you to him. Know, if he just stayed on the track, he would have had to just had a, have, a, have a straight line race to the, to the finish line, right? Yeah. Because of the 100%. last one. Like a yeah. straight line race. And I don't think that Red Bull would have had enough speed to get, get, get past no. him. No, I also, I also disagree with that. The downforce on that, that Ferrari is, is just phenomenal. Yeah. Exactly. Yeah. So what's happening Which in the last in the corner, he lost it. So I don't even following the story, but essentially, um, the 2021 budget cap. So in 2021, the FIA oh, put in a new budget this. cap. Mm. Yes. So before this, for some context to anybody who hasn't been following F1 before 2021, the teams with the most money could essentially just spend half a billion, some teams, um, in making the best car. Mm. This is, can be extremely problematic when you have a team like Williams, for instance, who has a lot less money. For competition's sake, it makes sense that a budget cap is enforced by everyone or for all the teams. Mm. And it started in 2021. So the last season that we just had where things got a bit shaky mm. – um, and it essentially impacts the next three years in terms of development of vehicles. So the date was moved four times. And yesterday, this is uh, the 10th of, of October. Um, what date? 
the dates of the of the FI giving tickets to the teams to say yes, you complied with the uh, okay, with the, with with the, the budget. Yeah. Exactly, it was moved three times before uh, yesterday. Yeah, and we finally got the the results of this. And two teams, I think it was Red Bull and Aston Martin, were the only two teams that breached this. They did. They did. So this impacts 2021, a year where things were a bit shaky. So both his world championships are both of his world champions are now question. questionable. And this has got nothing to do with Max. Which, I mean, Max, which means Leclerc's in the lead. Which means exactly. So for Ferrari, this is huge. For Mercedes, this is huge. Yeah, because for, for Mercedes comes second now. Yeah, I mean, I think we did terribly this year. So it is what it is. But for a team like Ferrari who hasn't won in 15 years, this is exactly what. And they, they played by the rules this time. I think they've been questionable in, in previous Before, years. Yeah. But they played by the rules this time. I think they deserve, or investigation needs to wow. actually be done to find out what, what was, you know. So now what's the, what's the outcome? Is so the, the outcome is, and once again, I don't think Red Bull, Red Bull's in, you know, I think it's in their rights to go investigate this and make sure that, you know, because um, they're saying that they you know, it was definitely below. So, you know, I think it's, it's important that we give them the chance to prove that they were innocent. Mm-hmm. Um, but if they are in breach of less than 5%, the, the kind of the punishment for this is either deduction of the drivers and constructors points. So, and this Both goes years. back to 2021. Wow. And this year. Uh, suspension uh, of, you know, a few stages. At this point, it's done for 2022. They've already won, so fine. And then limitations on ability to conduct any testing for the next few years and a reduction of the cost cap for, for, future, for future years. But that first point there of dedu- deduction of points for drivers and constructors, that has some serious ramifications for the last two years and for Max um, specifically. So, you know, we'll see what happens. And, and the, uh, they could also just pay a fee, a settlement to kind of no, that's know, deal with fair. it. That's not fair. And I do think it's super unfair that is, that if that no, happens. No, that, that, that would be a lot of rubbish, honestly. Mm. Like if, if somebody has won a championship, and I would say this about Ferrari as well, and they've and, – and it's – and it's possible to just pay a fine. That's a get out of jail free card. 100%. <clears throat> because the top teams have the money to pay the fines. You might as well just plan to pay the fine. You take the two years and you pay a fine of, let's say, 50 million rand or something, or 50 yes. million uh, USD. You don't develop for the next two years. But the last two years have happened already. And they were really important years for you know a lot of teams. Nah, um, no. I, I, I think if this is the case, that means that double world championship is, uh, is not fair. Yeah. Um, and I do think Max gets the brunt of this because he has been absolutely like as a driver, easily the great, the you know the best right now in my opinion. Yeah, I mean I think I think the car has played a big part for sure to that. Uh, you you know look at the newbies on the block, Russell and uh, Lando and, and Lando Norris and Leclerc. Mm. Those guys I think have driven almost equally to Max. Mm. Mm. Um, and if it hadn't been for the car. One of the three, maybe even uh, Hamilton, mm-hmm. would have been in contention for number one or number two. So Hamilton said, um, "It's funny." He said that if if they had three hundred, uh, I think it's three hundred thousand pounds extra last year, they won. that would be the difference. Um, and they're saying that this breach, allegedly, the, the FIA is not going to tell us how much exactly what, how much it was, but it's it, it, it's about five percent. Um, well, if you, I mean, if you look at 145 million, right? It's about 5.7, uh, you know, euros, which is huge. 5.7 million euros. Yeah. Yeah. It's huge, huge, That's huge. big money. Yeah. It's huge, huge, huge. It's, a, it's the difference. And Hamilton's saying only 300,000 euros would be the, you know, the, 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 the differentiator. Point. Yeah. So I, I, you know, for the integrity of the sports, because I'm a fan of F1 first, 
I really, really hope that justice is served. Whatever that looks like. I'm not saying take away points. You or know what? Whatever, I, think they're gonna, I think they're going to do the right thing. And the reason I think they're going to do the right thing is because uh, the last couple of decisions. Since that other dude. Michael Massey. Massey is out. Yeah. Okay. Their decisions have been really consistent. They have been, yeah. Really consistent. Yeah. I mean, I'm not for the five second, five second penalty that, uh, that Leclerc got on that last corner, but he did stuff up. Yes. And he deserved the penalty. Yeah. He got five seconds. eh? Five seconds. Yeah. yeah, Correct. He did deserve the penalty because he should, he should have been behind, uh, um, uh, uh, Perez, Perez mm-hmm. at that moment in time when he lost it. Yes, because what if there was a barrier there? You mm-hmm. know, he would have been. It would have been. You know, probably more than behind yeah. Perez. So, so I think the the, the FIA's decision making over the last stint since um, Massey is out has been consistent. Yeah, I think that maybe there was a problem with how Massey made decisions. You yeah. know, but uh, uh, but you, you you can't really fault them. They've been really consistent. I mean, look 100%. at the grid penalties they uh, uh, issued a couple of races ago. Yeah. Um, look at the uh, uh, I think who got a five second penalty five second penalty before Leclerc in the in the previous race. Um, um. Somebody got a five second penalty and also dropped uh, uh, dropped a place. Um, doesn't matter, but yeah. um, but their 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 decision making has been consistent. Look at how they uh, how they uh, um, um, showing uh, what is it black and white flags to people yep. that breach track limits exactly. Yeah, uh, and they've been consistent. Yeah, um, you know I think it was Leclerc was on the line. Yep. Um, during uh, I think it was uh, yeah I know exactly what we saw him but yeah he was on the line yeah. and and he wasn't off the line so yeah. so he didn't get a um, you know his his lap time deleted yeah um, so they've been really really consistent and hopefully that's going to now shine through and it might be a different team who makes decisions in the race versus the FIA at the top yep but uh, I'm hoping that uh, they do the right thing yeah Matteo from Ferrari has already spoken up uh, this morning he was already like Leclerc should be number one. Because of course he's currently the two that. red bulls, yeah, of course, yeah. yeah. But the two red bulls are currently one and two, and if they have breached it, yeah, I mean, it it, it does put a stain in in um, all the work that they've done because I think they've done a phenomenal job in in, in developing a, a fantastic car, um, and and being consistent over the years to the point where they they're now dominant. But if the dominance is as a result of breaking rules, that's that's something that should be um, yeah, penalized. Penalized, yeah. But 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 punitive penalization, not financial. Yeah, I, I don't think it should be financial. Yeah, it should be punitive. Yeah, take the championships away. because um, um, that hurts more than anything else. Don't stop them from developing for the next two years. That's kind of like that's trying to regulate the future. Don't yeah. do that. I don't think that's the right decision. Because you I, still keep the, your championships there, and it's like, your championships there, and you're going to lose. You're not really going to be able to compete for the next two years. Yeah. Okay. That's kind of taking you out of the game for the next two years. Rather, just take what you got mm-hmm. away. Um, for the last two years, as yeah. a uh, as a constructor and as a um, you know as a racer, Max is not going to be happy. But hey, he was part of the problem. Yeah, um, I think it also sends a bad message to the teams who were within the lines. Uh, some of the bigger teams, like a Mercedes Benz or Ferrari or an Alpine or McLaren, the, you know the the manufacturers. Mm. Um, it tells you know I think it's important for them to feel like they are playing protected. by the rules yes. and protected yes. and it's not just a money thing that kind of gets you out of things because mm. if they leave then the sport completely just goes and, and we want to we want to get more manufacturers into the exactly. sport 
Porsche, yeah, the uh, Audis. BMW, Audi. Exactly. You know, they need to then all come as manufacturers because that's really where F1, I think, thrives. Yeah. Yes, Red Bull is cool and whatever the case may be, but it's not really a car manufacturer. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so, you know, we want the Mercedes, we want the Ferraris, we want yeah. the McLarens, we want the actual manufacturers there. Yeah. Um, and, uh, yeah, wrong decision here and you might see the manufacturers run for the heels. 100%. But let's see what happens. Um, you know, innocence will prove guilty. Um, I hope it's not the case, but this is going to be, I think it's going to be a few months before we get to, uh, kind of a, a verdict. Yeah. I don't know. Hey, I got to kind of like get to the surely they've done this audit that's why they could give the certificates yep it's like before the next race come on <laughs> i don't think it's going to be that yeah. simple when's the next race um when is the next race i'm not sure if it's this week or the week after but you know i can tell you because i've got I've, you have the internet i know i've subscribed to the race <laughs> calendar oh, nice. yeah so if one has a race calendar you hit subscribe and it goes into your diary oh nice um which is uh which is pretty cool so um so obviously this weekend there's nothing uh it is uh united states on the 22nd of october nice uh what's a quota mm. so quota. So, uh, Circuit Arm of the Arm Americas, Arm yeah. Armico, yeah, yeah. Um, and then you know, before we leave F one, I don't know if you saw this. I think um, I think you might have seen it, but th- apparently there's talks about a Grand Prix in Soweto. Yes, any, uh, any, uh, I think that's uh, yeah, very, 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 very full uh, street race through yeah. s- uh, the streets of um, you know Nazrek um, and that area. Yeah. I think Nazrek needs a bit of a revival. Yeah, it has kind of died it's after like, the World Cup, and, and you know, yeah, it's 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 you know it's. I hope it doesn't this, – this will stop it from becoming a white elephant. Mm. And I mm. think it's a brilliant idea. Mm. It's a brilliant idea to put on a proper street race like Singapore, like uh, Monaco, yeah. um, through the streets like of Sweden. Cool yeah. yeah. Um, through, that, uh, through that stadium, mm. that would be epic. It would be insane. Epic. Epic. Yeah. I mean, that stadium can house, I think, 80 or 90,000 yeah. people. Mm. Mexico did the same thing. I mean, also the, their street, well, their race is, you know, it's a circuit that goes through kind of like this yeah. auditorium uh, bits, which is really, really cool, yeah. And we've got the infrastructure, we've got the road transport, we've got the, the bus transport. We've got the, the the train transport to mm. support. Exactly. I mean, we did the 2010 World Cup there. Yeah. So it yeah. is very possible, and uh, and a lot of uh, international um, uh, music artists play there. Exactly. And, uh, and infrastructure is there to support parking, to support transport, to support pick up and go, mm. all the securities. I think we should do it. It's a perfect venue. I think yeah. it's the perfect venue. Let's see what happens. Obviously, developing story. Uh, we just want to see the race come to South Africa. I think that's that's kind of what everyone ultimately wants mm-hmm. and that could solve a lot of the issues that we're having with you know the, the other p- potential venues because you like you say the infrastructure is definitely there well apparently corporates are getting involved now so yeah. um it's not just because you know the government has to spend a lot of money on infrastructure in order to get a f1 race on yeah um but if uh if the if the capitalist part of south africa gets involved i think we can put it off 100 percent. moving on so I don't know if you read the story, but um, I, I, one of our studio managers sent me this 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 article. I think it was Reno um, about essentially there's there's an aging fleet problem that's happening locally as well as uh, globally, um, and essentially because of the rising costs of of living, buckled with the fact that cars are now reaching an average age of about nine years, there's some regulations in South Africa, you know that. We'll talk about it, but there's some regulations in South Africa which could potentially impact people actually maintaining their cars and, and getting penalized um, for the fact that their cars are a bit older. 
Well, before we get to the regulation, I think the the reality is is that this aging fleet is first of all going to accelerate for two reasons. Mm-hmm. One, uh, you mentioned it: rising cost of living, right? Housing cost is going up. Um, interest rates are going up. Petrol, food, petrol, food. Yeah, so, so so living costs are going up. The result of that is holding on to your car for longer, mm-hmm. right? Which plays right into what you're saying. Holding on to your car for longer, uh, potentially. Also less demand for used cars, mm-hmm. even less demand for new cars. Mm. What does that do? Um, less demand means lower prices. Mm. So the price bubble, I think the price bubble might burst in the next 12 months. Mm. Um, so anybody sitting on uh, uh, you know, a large stock of used cars, if, 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 if you're not moving those used cars, um, I think you're going to be sitting on a time bomb. New and used or specifically used? Specifically used. Okay. Uh, you know, um, in, in, in new is a, in new is a very bit of a different world, but, uh, but particularly used because used you're going to have bought too high. Mm. You're going to have to reduce the price to sell, which means it could take a burn. Oh, I see what you're saying. Yes. Okay. So, um, so, so that's the price bubble for used cars. I think that's looming. Mm. I always say what happens in Europe and America gives us pneumonia. So, uh, you know, when they sneeze, we get pneumonia. Yeah. So we've got to really be cognizant of that fact. And in America at the moment, used car prices <laughs> are that falling like a stone. Yeah. yeah. Um, that's going to come here, I reckon. And then that's going to get exacerbated with the switch to electric mm. and hybrid. Because, because the price is just so much higher. So people well, people are going to be more interested in hybrid and electric, which means yeah. that even less demand for petrol used cars or fuel okay. uh, fuel. Uh, petrol and diesel used cars um, which is going to further exacerbate it all this plays into an aging fleet and I've Mm. been saying it for a while you have been saying it for a while so do you think that this is because you know I think I haven't looked at the data yet myself um, but agencies globally have looked at it and they're saying that it's it's at that point now where it is nine so do you think that that is the case Uh, we're seeing a serious problem that's now at our doorstep I think it's coming Okay. Um, and, 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 and it's probably why a regulation 138 has been passed. Yeah. Okay. So, so, so regulation 138, what does it say? The testing of vehicles older than 10 years every two years. Yeah. That's what the regulation says, right? Yes. So th- that's not a regulation that's on the table. That's a regulation that's actually in place. Okay. Right. But. The second part of the regulation hasn't been executed, which is the minister has to set a start date. Of when now it's law that if you call it all in 10 years, you every two years every he's t- going to test. Exactly. Okay. So, but he could do that at any moment because the, the regulation 138 gives him the authority to… To be like, okay, let's, it's start, time. It's time. Let's do this tomorrow. Yeah. Um, you know, so, so this is a looming regulation. It's, yeah. It's not like it has to go through the lawmakers. Mm. It's done. Um, you know, so, uh, uh, so when the minister sets that date, anybody with a car older than 10 years is going to have to make sure that it's roadworthy every two years. Mm. And now it's going to place more burden on the consumer. On the consumer, exactly. Yeah. Um, so, look, so I'm, I, you know, I, I think it's a good thing to have cars checked every, you know, every two years, yeah. periodically, especially older cars, because yeah, it can become sure. a hazard, right? For sure, for sure. But there's a deeper underlying problem. And that deeper underlying problem is not being dealt with, and that's the economy itself. Mm, mm. Look, if a scenario, and right now I'm putting on my, my, my tinfoil hat right now, but in a scenario where 
EVs are now here. This is a great way to kind of get additional tax. Um, is you get people to, you know, why hasn't why hasn't the minister put this in place yet? Do you think it's just something that is not important yet, um, or do you think it's a regulation that actually makes a lot of sense? What, what regulation? An EV? No, no, no. Um, the, making sure that people at after ten years have to um, go and, and make sure the cars are roadworthy. Because this is, uh, from I 2014, this regulation has been in place. So why isn't the minister? I mean, I don't, I don't know. I can't, I can't say for sure. I can speculate. Yeah. And the only, the only reason for me could be nervousness. Nervousness around the impact on the economy. Okay. Because, you know, the government doesn't want to negatively impact the economy. What's coming up in 24? The elections. Mm-hmm. Yeah. You don't want to kind of shake the bed and be less popular as a result. So, you know, um, uh, ministers want to be elected. For sure. So, so you want to make decisions that, you know, get your next, uh, um, you know, your next term. Yeah. Um, now I don't, I'm, like I say, I'm speculating. I don't know. It could course, be nervousness. Yeah. It could be, uh, as a result of, uh, you know, the next cycle of, uh, you know, elections. I don't know. Yeah. But why isn't the minister put the, put the date down? Yeah, I mean, another thing is the average age is not yet at ten years. Uh, that's that's another thing that Maybe could potentially that, be. It could be. It could be that the average age is is not, and then and that this is going to come into place when the average age, age hits ten years. Yeah, um, kind of like a safety net yes. regulation when it's it, kind of like it we've put it in place. We're waiting, yeah, you know, to see whether the fleet ages more. Okay, yeah, um, it could be that. So, yeah. but but we're speculating. It could be any of that. Um, so so uh, it remains to be seen. Don't know. I mean, I, I think it's a good thing. Even mm. now, yeah, like, for sure. Put it in place. You know, have have two year old cars, a ten year old cars checked every two years. Um, it's a safety thing. Um, there is some good news with this. Uh, rights repair was was kind of passed after years of um, many agencies trying to to get it through the through the door. But remember, rights repair is a recommendation. It's not. Is it not yet? Um, not to my knowledge. As far as I know. People do have a lot more agency now. Yes, no, no. It's uh, uh, it's it's been implemented yes. by many many uh, players within the industry. Yeah. But it was a recommendation mm. um, and uh, and guidelines. Yeah. Which people have taken on board. Yes. And OEMs, some OEMs have taken on board. I know some OEMs are, are yes. very much well, uh, you know, making sure that it's credited. Yada yeah. yada yada. There's there's kind of nuances to it. But the good news is, you know, consumers do have the agency now. Whereas before. It could have been a real, real problem um, for a lot of people. So there's ways around it. Um, let's see what happens. Um, but like you're saying, I think it's definitely a, a positive um, thing to make sure that cars that are old should be checked. It, it, it's in the best interest of everyone. Um, last thing is it's motoring month. Um, and you recently went to Smart Mobility and we're, we're discussing it a little bit earlier now. But was there anything, you know, you've had an EV now for about two years um, and we're about to launch the hybrid reports as well uh, because the EV report is, is now sitting on today. But, you know, with regards to hybrid vehicles and EVs and the adoption rates of, of electric vehicles, are you seeing, based off your experience at the conference, that there is a significant um, change in people's mindsets? Um, and do you think this Africa is ready for... You know, for for EVs. So, from the actual survey itself, one of the things that struck me there was a few things that struck me. But one of the things that struck me was uh, the environ environmental advantages. Yeah. Of owning an EV have yeah. have declined. Okay. As as an advantage, it's still the top advantage. Yeah. But it has declined. I think the environmental factors in the mind of the consumer 
um, uh, are driven largely by government and Elon Musk. Okay. Okay. Yeah. I think that the, 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 that's been driven largely by um, government and governments. As like a marketing job to kind of push EVs. to 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 push greener because I mean it is let's let's be honest it, it is, is better for the environment yeah, right yeah. but there is a crossover point it mm. takes a lot more energy to create an electric vehicle to actually mm-hmm. uh, put one on the road mm. okay and and you have to drive the electric vehicle for a period of uh, it's a number of years mm. before you get to equal uh, a greenhouse gas emission. Yeah, from the manufacturer of the vehicle to yeah. uh, uh, to be equal to driving an ICE vehicle, okay. because manufacturer of an ICE vehicle has a very is a much lower greenhouse gas emission okay. um, uh, kind of production uh, factor from yeah. a production point of view. EV is incredibly high because of the mining and the and the getting the lithium and getting the cobalt and all that stuff, right? Yeah. So so the 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 amount of greenhouse gas initially is very high for an EV versus a ice vehicle. Is that an economies of, of scale kind of issue? Is this, you know, because I'm, I'm it's assuming just the pure ice energy just... to, to, and, and, and it's mainly related to the battery, okay. right? To, to manufacture the vehicle. As you drive those vehicles, obviously the, the EV has zero GHG. Yeah. Zero greenhouse gases. Very little. Maybe the tires. Okay. Whereas the ice vehicle now expands as you drive. As it. you keep driving it, yeah. There's a crossover point there. The EV is definitely over its lifetime a lot cleaner. Cleaner. Or greener, yeah. Right. So, uh, uh, so anyway, so there is an environmental positive, but, uh, what our, um, uh, survey showed is that the positives in the mind of the consumer yeah. for environmental factors in owning an EV or to owning EV is lower year on year. What's growing? Uh, do you, do you recall? Well, uh, um, the, the factors that actually mean something to a consumer, which is lifestyle, the lifestyle and lifestyle price. Driving. Okay. And also the, Okay, okay, that makes sense. So, so, I mean, in time, if you bought an EV, right, mm. if you fantasized about an EV, it's probably because of the environmental things. Initially, that was kind of the… Yes. But you when know, you want to make the switch, the yes. things that are going to be important to you… Does this make my life better? Yes. Um, it's going to be lifestyle, it's going to be price. Yeah, for sure. Okay, those things become a lot the most important. important things when the rubber hits the road. Yeah. And a sure. subset of consumers make the environmental factors the, the, um, the most important thing. So environmental factors are very important, but I think it's a downstream consequence of actually getting the bums in the seats in an EV. Okay. It's just better tech. It's, uh, it's easier to drive. It's nicer to drive. It's, uh, it, 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 it hones a lot more um, sensors that you didn't realize you had that was yeah. masked by the engine noise and the exhaust sure. noise. So that was the first thing was the environmental factors have reduced in uh, in importance to consumers. Um, um, uh, you know, and, 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 and what we're seeing is that uh, um, EVs are just simpler and more efficient technology. Yeah. And they last longer. Are more people driving EVs and experiencing them? In South Africa, mm. more and more, much more and more. I mean, we're seeing a doubling of both search and sales yeah. in uh, in EVs. Um, but you should know this. I do. <laughs> <laughs> Just a little bit. I mean, so so uh, uh, so another thing that came out of the survey was the the cost of an EV yeah. is becoming a much bigger uh, disadvantage. Okay. Okay. So, so that's are, where environmental factors are moving to cost as a disadvantage. Do you think that's a visibility thing in terms of people understanding exactly how much it costs? Because I think um, well, a lot of people just didn't know how much. EVs now people were. want one, but they didn't, they didn't realize how much it costs. Okay. And now it's They're kind uh, of realizing it's, uh, it's a big um, it's a big factor, and uh, um, and it's also highlighted that range anxiety and battery life are less of a concern. 
Okay. It's re- significantly reduced, which means we're doing a good job with education. Yes. Because a lot of people were saying, we're unrealistic really with regards to expectations of, of EVs. Exactly. Exactly. Yeah. So, um, uh, so, you know, those, those are the, a couple of the, the, the big bucket items. Um, if I look at, um, you know, maybe, maybe one last one. And yeah. that is, and that is brand. Okay. okay. I mean, there's quite a number of these, but that is brand. And, uh, and this one was kind of quite an eye opener for me. Mm. Brand is the second least important thing to a consumer when considering an EV. Okay. So if you think about that for a second. Internal combustion engines is the opposite, right? It's brand plays a heavy, heavy role. Yes. Um, in terms of you choosing to buy that vehicle. Exactly. So, I mean, my decision to buy an EV was about availability, price, mm. technology, build quality, aesthetics, and then brand. Actual products in terms of what it does. What it uh, does. The capabilities the, of it. The, 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 what, what it is itself, right? Yeah. That was my personal decision. And it's come out in this, uh, mm. um, in this survey. So what does that tell you? Um, the top recognized brands uh, uh, shouldn't be surprised if they're disrupted. Mm. Because if you, if you as an OEM are relying on your brand Completely to get you across the line, yeah. not gonna, it's not going to happen. Mm. Consumers aren't looking at, uh, looking at your EV that way. Mm. They're looking at your EV from a functional point of view and, exactly. uh, uh, and, and from those, from those other things. Um, so, so Tesla's brand equity in the mind of the South Africans is reducing. That was mm. another thing that I noticed. And the introduction uh, of, of our education, I think is, is building in South Africa. Mm. So, uh, so for me, that is a recipe for, a small startup potentially maybe an import maybe a locally manufactured ev yes i think that's a big one there there's opportunity there there's there's a massive opportunity to disrupt the bigger brands yeah with an with evs because brand is not the most important thing when considering an ev ultimately times are changing and um the way things were done is 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 not going to be the way things are going to be done in the future but yeah that's all the time we have for thank you so much for another episode george um but yeah i'll see you next week Thank you, and uh, go Leclerc. We'll we'll see, we'll see. (laughs) You might just be right this time. (laughs)